Hey, folks, welcome back to Chris White, Africa and Rugby Ascended. This is Chris live from central Pennsylvania. My special guest today is Marno Redlingsheis from South Africa. And we got another South African on the program here. You know, it's ironic with Rugby Atlanta. I've only interviewed two Americans and one of them's got an Irish accent because he grew up in Ireland. But uh, so it seems to be the all the all international squad here with Rugby Atlanta. Marno, uh, Thank you for having me, Chris. It's, uh, it's really an honor to be on your show again. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to have you. Yeah, you've, you've been on the press conferences. You know, I think the first time I saw you at a press conference, I couldn't see because of the lighting. And I, I wasn't sure if that was you or somebody else. I got it wrong. But... Yeah, and it's just all, <laughs> all over the place in any, any way. So it's not a good image. So listen, you're from Northwest Province in South Africa. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I was born in a, in a town called Clarksdorp in, in the Northwest. And uh, I actually went there to school, high school. Um, I studied uh, very close by to Clarksdorp, about an hour and a half away, a town called Potchefstroom. And uh, so I finished my first degree over there before I moved to Cape Town later on. And then, then I'm now at the moment in America, in Atlanta. So it's been quite a journey. Well, I know the area, mostly north of that from Northwest, because, of course, I used to live in Botswana. And so uh, frequently I'd be on the N4 uh, on the uh, the Bakwena Highway there going to uh, past uh, Swatrugans and uh, Zera Swatrugans over to um, to Rustenburg and then over to Pretoria and Joburg all the time. So I've been up there and I, and I spent a fair amount of time uh, over the years in the Mahalisburg as well. Great place for quad bike riding. And I've never done ballooning. I've never done ballooning. I'll, I'll have to get some of those Oppenheimer diamonds to do ballooning because that's pretty pricey. But uh, horseback yeah. riding and quad biking. So, uh, did you grow up on a farm? Or are you a city guy? What's the deal? Northwest is an agricultural area. Uh, yeah. So my my mom. Basically, everybody is in the police and so on uh, in our family. Um, so I was born and raised in the town. And uh, at some point, my mom got married again uh, when I was twelve, and we moved to a farm as well. Actually, they uh, called Luchtenberg uh, is the play, place's name. Uh, very close to that and um, I live there my sister and them they live on a farm so a big part of my life I grew up on a farm um, we've always been around my friends and stuff um, so I mean it's great I, I definitely love the open area open fields and stuff so if I can get a chance uh, to get my own place sometime um, that'd be amazing well, I'd have to say that uh, where you're currently at there in the northern part of Georgia, it's very different. Uh, you know, it's green, it's it's humid, and you live in Northwest, which is higher elevation. It's kind of it's dry for the most. It's not desert, but it's it's kind of dry there. Um, what's it like adapting to the, the the different environment? I mean, it's it's very different than Northwest. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, I haven't seen this much rain at all in my life. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, we love it. I think uh, I think we climatized. It was something to get used to, especially in the summer with all the, the humidity and stuff going on. Yeah, I mean, the ball is almost more slippery than when it's raining um, sometimes. Uh, so it's it's good to adapt to that conditions and stuff to just survive and stuff. But I mean, you learn it as you go um, and just climatize and go with it. I mean, I love this place. The woods and stuff is beautiful. Um, uh, where I live and so on. So, so I, I'm definitely happy where I'm at the, at the moment. No, it's definitely heavily forested. You know, I have uh, uh, Scandinavian and uh, Anglo-Saxon Viking heritage. And so it's just natural for me to like the forest too. So I can appreciate that. 
Yeah, that was yeah. Li- living in Africa. That was the one challenge is always because I've lived all over Africa, getting accustomed to not having trees around in a lot of places I lived. Now, some places there are plenty of trees, but uh, not having trees around. So so I see that you're you're appreciating that, enjoying that aspect of life there. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, I love the outdoor area as well. When I was living in Cape Town, me and my wife, uh, yeah, we we literally made the most of the outdoor areas there with the vineyards and the mountains and the oceans and everything. So uh yeah, when I get the chance to go outside, it, you know, we do it definitely. Well, speaking of Cape Town, you may have noticed I'm wearing the current Stormers jersey here. Uh, <laughs> you've got you've got at least one appearance with the Stormers, and you got over a dozen with uh, Western Province. Uh, what was that like playing? By the way, and it's just full disclosure, Marno, uh, my favorite team is Western Province and the Stormers. Um, okay, yeah, despite this abysmal um, last second choke loss at Loftus last week, uh, which was yeah. a double blow because the Stormers lost, and Dwayne Vermeulen tore his ligaments, and he's out. Yeah, that's. Mm. But it's uh, yeah, it's, it's not, not ideal. Good. Not a good thing. Yeah, it was a, uh, it was great uh, playing for Western Province and and the Stormers. As a kid, I grew up also a uh, uh, Western Province supporter um, with my mom and so on. And um, it was all, I mean, it was always in the big picture. Wanted to play for them one day, um, but it's never like came to the mind where it's going to realize and. And it's actually going to happen. Um, so when I got the contract, I was stoked to go down there and uh, just improve my game, learned a lot, uh, was definitely out of my comfort zone where I lived most of my time in Northwest and uh, first time moving out of, out of the um, province. Um, but it was good. It was a great experience. Well, you've you've probably played with some really big names down there. People we know, guys like Damien Dialende, um, and and uh, who else we got there? Lots. I mean, a lot. I'm drawing a blank right now, but so many great players down there. What yeah, was it like uh, playing with some of those names that people know all over the world? Some of these it really uh, Springboks and big name players. No, for sure. I mean, um, you actually realize all those all those guys are actually just humans as you are as well. Um, but it's it's great sitting next to them. Um, Training, working with them—it's—you uh, learn so much. I mean, there's there's full stuff where you can get better in the game. The one percenters and stuff that makes a huge difference in your game. Um, I mean, so to sit next to Springboks like Sia Kulisi, Peter Stefatoy, um, all those t- type of guys that has all the experience in the world, um, who've won a World Cup before—it's—it's um, it's amazing. It's amazing to compete against them and actually just measure yourself against the best. You know. Now, it's interesting you mentioned Peter Steph Dutoy and, and Sia Khaleesi, because while Sia Khaleesi wound up going to a traditional rugby producing program, he didn't exactly have a, a traditional childhood and, and, and was fortunate to wind up there. Peter Steph Dutoy played rugby his entire life, but he also didn't go to a feeder school that they traditionally get people out of. You coming from the Northwest, I mean, uh, we're not always looking to the Northwest for rugby players. Um, I guess we could argue that you also had kind of a non-traditional path to the rugby world. Is that fair? No, exactly. I mean, I was in a, in a small school. Um, we did well in our division, uh, but I mean, we were like medium schools. Um, Squins played I is, is, is my school's name. Um, but I mean, we had a few great years where we had a bunch of guys play directly. Um, lost a few of them uh, with scholarships that was offered to them by other schools. Um, but I mean, my mom... She was also, she was, she also uh, like always said, no, you're going to finish here. And uh, I mean, she liked me to have in the house. And I, I totally understand that it's, it was great uh, growing up in the house and being with my family and stuff. Um, but sport wise, it's definitely difficult uh, to make a name out of a school like that. I think it's, 
it's more hard work um, to build a name for yourself, uh, to get out there and, and just uh, give a product that people love, you know. I mean, if you're, if you're in a school where it's already a brand name, um, people will go and look and, and instantly see you if you're good enough. No, and I think that's something a lot of Americans are unaware of and don't really appreciate. Even a lot of people outside of South Africa, maybe Kiwis would get it because it's a similar situation. But but varsity and high school rugby is a huge deal in South Africa. I mean, it's I mean, you, you go to varsity competitions and there's more spectators than Curry Cup games by a wide margin. Oh, exactly. It's electrifying. I mean, uh, when I played for the Puka in Potterstrom, um, it was it was always amazing because the fans are so engaged in the game, and I mean, there's sometimes four thousand to seven thousand people around the field. <clears throat> when I played for uh, for Martis and Stellenbosch, um, we could have easily filled the stadium with twenty five thousand people or so, um, and that was amazing. I mean, that's literally where I I uh, made my name in rugby almost um, because a lot of people watch it. It's 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 a it's a fun game. Um, People just, you know, you will always hear on Mondays um, it's it's varsity cup and stuff. So I mean, to to add that opportunity before was amazing to to play for uh, two universities in the competition and and to won it twice as well uh, was a great experience. So I mean, I will always uh, remember that. If I'm not mistaken, uh, Momsen also played at Marty's. Didn't he also play there? Yeah, we actually, uh, the one I won for Puka in 2016, we played against each other, and then I played in 2018 with them uh, wow. for more. Yeah, okay. So. And Adrian Carlsey, I think, was also, uh, was, he, was he playing there, or am I mistaken? I could be mistaken. Yeah, and uh, Marco as well. Okay. Oh, Marco as well. All right, so, so, so here's the question. You or Mumpson, who's better? You don't have to answer. Because <laughs> because if you are better, that's just going to get you trouble. If you're not better, you don't want to admit it. Uh, no, but yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, so uh, listen, what's it like? Um, you're in Atlanta with all these Borkies running around there on this team with all these, these upper corners. Uh, it's got to be a different vibe in the clubhouse. I mean, I, I was listening to line out calls. They weren't not for con. So I was a little disappointed in that. I was kind of expecting that. <laughs> yeah, we're still working on uh, getting the Americans and the Canadians and so on to understand Afrikaans. You know, it's not that easy. But uh, no, I must say it's a it's a great great environment at the moment. Um, at ATL as well, it was the first thing I've ever mentioned to my wife. It's just the people, how amazing the community is and stuff. Um, everybody's friendly. There's no one that's really like uh, weird or it's clicky or nothing. I mean, we're so many different cultures and stuff and we're a lot of people from South Africa though. So it makes it nice. It makes it feel more homey, but, uh, it's nice to learn from other cultures and everything. And, uh, just having the diversity is, is amazing. Well, speaking of other cultures, um, have you done the public service of, um, explaining to Americans that, that beef jerky is not a real treat that you need biltong and the second one is that if you actually, you know, uh, dismissed the barbecue and explained a bride to them yet? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, we've, we've definitely uh, introduced them to, to real beef jerky, Bolton. Um, <laughs> we have a supply over here, so that's, that's all sorted. But I mean, the barbecue we're still working on. Um, we, we just need to get the, the vibe going more than the food, you know, because over here, a barbecue is a, uh, you go out, have a good few feeds and stuff, a hamburger or two, and then you go home. Um, whereas South African barbecue can last maybe sometimes uh, a few hours longer than expected, you know. 
Absolutely. No, it's no, I would have to say that, I, you know, barbecue is a big deal to some Americans, some of our subcultures. It's really a big deal, uh, but it's often more about the food than it is about the, the ambiance and, and the experience. Whereas the bride, the food's important, but it's, 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 it's being together, hanging out. It's, it's that sort of thing. That, that's what the bride is all about. <laughs> would you at any point consider going back and playing in Curry Cup or, or Super Rugby if it ever makes its way back to South Africa? I'm not really sure at the moment. I must say, I think uh, I love being uh, abroad, um, just uh, experiencing some new stuff, uh, a new pathway and stuff. I bet, but I mean, if the opportunity arises and it's and it's always intriguing, then then we might as well look at it. Um, so you never know how it goes in your career. Um, if it comes, we definitely need to look at everything. So this weekend, Rooney, right yep. on your right on your heels, right on your heels. As I told Scott uh, in the press conference last week, I said uh, uh, the game after uh, L.A. when I was talking to him, I said, you know, and then again this week after New Orleans, there's no rest for the wicked. You've won six consecutive games and you're at the top of the log. And it just seems like every week you get a bigger challenge. You had you had Nola last week. You had LA the week before that. Now you've got Rooney. Uh, when do you get a chance to take a break? I guess there's no chance for a break until the season's over. It looks like. Oh, exactly. I mean, uh, I've definitely played a season before where it's uh, more games than this, but uh, <clears throat> this is definitely this is definitely intense. I mean, it's week in, week out, uh, rugby games, and uh, it's it's very physical. So I mean, um, recovery is key in this in this game. Um, but it's, it's going great. I mean, we're on a positive uh, roll at the moment. So if we can just keep this uh, snowball effect going, um, it would be amazing for our campaign and this season uh, going into, into the playoffs and stuff. If, if we can make the final two spots in our uh, conference, um, that's, that's our, our goals. Um, but I mean, I think of the management from, from the team and stuff is, is, is really great uh, uh, among the players and stuff. Um, people are being looked after um, if, if injured and stuff and uh, giving, getting a race and so on. So I must say that's that definitely in place for us. Now, I don't usually ask folks about their family, um, and I'm not going to ask personal details, but you did mention your wife a couple of times. Is your wife South African? She's a South African, yes. So that leads to this question. Um, was there any culture shock for you or, and or your wife coming to America? Was, is, is, is it because it's, it's not South Africa in so many ways? Oh, for sure. I mean, um, I think we did ex- uh, expect it almost. Um, we we watch a lot of movies and stuff, and you see how America is. But I mean, it's nothing until you get the real experience. Um, but it's amazing. I mean, we take everything with open arms um, and and just go full on with it. Uh, you never know when this uh, when this opportunity ends. Um, so I mean, just make the most of it and enjoy it while it, while it, while it's there. I understand it. So let me say, I want to ask you this question. Have you come across an instance uh, where you might've been, uh, well, I presume your wife speaks Afrikaans, if that's an incorrect yeah. assumption. Let me, okay. So, so have you come across an instance where maybe the two of you are speaking Afrikaans and you're surprised to discover that someone understands what you're saying here in America? Has that happened to you? Oh, well, for sure. I mean, uh, there's a few friends like Danka von Stolkweg's wife. Uh, she's been, uh, with him for a few years, so I definitely uh, think she she will know a few words or so. So you must be careful if you're talking around them. Um, but yeah, I think I think everybody just loves it, and uh, it's great seeing it. You know, I mean, as soon as you speak in the in the streets or something, people will look around and ask you where you're from, um, and just uh, curious of of what you're doing and so on. So I mean, it's good. 
Well, I asked that question because a lot of my viewing audience is from South Africa and uh, many of them come to America on holiday and they're, they're not doing anything wrong or saying anything bad or speaking ill of people, but they'll speaking in Afrikaans and someone will say something to them in English in answer to their question or make a comment. They're just like, <laughs> they weren't expecting anybody to speak Afrikaans or understand in America. But that's the thing about languages. People all over the world speak these languages and even Afrikaans, which is a relatively small language. It's a bit of a surprise. So yeah, no, I can oh, get yeah. that. Duncan, Duncan's wife, I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she's uh, if she's learned some Afrikaans by now. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, just when I came here, yeah, my English were so terrible. Uh, I spoke with uh, one of my friends and uh, he was like, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure that you just speak Afrikaans or English right now. And I just looked at him and was like, oh, man, OK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. Listen, I, I speak six languages and German is my second language. And there was a time in which I was so immersed in German that I couldn't think of a word in English, even though it was my first language, but I could think of it in German. That's, that's, that's a weird, that's a weird situation. Well, you know, um, do you, do you know any, uh, at Swana because you're, uh, you're from that area. Did you learn any of that growing up? Well, I mean, I, I know a few words that I've learned and stuff, but never, uh, learned it like fluently. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few of my friends that could have speak, uh, speak it and stuff, but uh, I never really spoke it. Can you right. speak Tuana? Uh No, but once again, I, I don't understand it nearly as well as I understand Afrikaans, but I have an unfair advantage with Afrikaans because I speak German and English, you know, so yeah, I, and I can, so it's I, I can even when I'm lost in Afrikaans, I can figure it out and keep up. But I I can't speak it. I need to spend time in Northwest on a farm. Then I'll be able to speak it. But <laughs> that's that's the difference, because that accent It's like, uh, you know, there's a South African who has a program. His name is Ronaldo. Jose, and um, he's always giving me a hard time because I mean, because he was like, you can't say Ronaldo goes. I said, I didn't say Ronaldo goes. I said, Ronaldo. Jose. He's like, no, that's right. That's not right. <laughs> so the G's in Afrikaans are just brutal. I'm sorry. It's just, it's a tough yeah. one. But uh, yeah, no, so it's, uh, it's, it's something I can understand. But with Swana, um, I, I don't understand nearly as much because you know, Botswana, they speak Setswana. It's the same language. Um, and so yeah. I, I, I can get by. I can understand things. I can order things. And, and I understand it. But uh, it's, uh, it's not an easy language. Oh, my goodness. Um, if I think Afrikaans pronunciation is hard, woohoo! Setswana and Swana Afrikaans pronunciation is much harder than Afrikaans, to say the least. Yeah, so. there's definitely some weird sounds you need to be able to make with your tongue and stuff. Absolutely. And that's, we're not even talking about the soy, the koi and the san, you know, that's a completely different thing altogether too. So listen, um, it seems like you're enjoying and thriving uh, here in America, enjoying this experience. Uh, Is that true? Oh yeah, it's amazing. I mean, uh, rugby is going great at the moment. Um, Just, just enjoying this time while we have it here. So, I mean, uh, hopefully we can, we can keep the season going at the moment and uh, just have a great, Great victory at the end of the day. Listen, uh, Amarno, uh, I have to say it's been a pleasure chatting with you and learning a bit about your experiences in South Africa and um, the challenges of, of going elsewhere. And your, I, I like your your openness and your attitude towards uh, experiencing other places. That's pretty cool. So I want to say, I guess I'll say in Setswana, Kialabois, and then Afrikaans, Bayo Bayadanki. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. Thank you so much, Marno. And good luck this weekend against uh, Rugby United New York. I'll be up there and maybe we can touch base. Bayadanki, Chris. Have a great day. All right, cheers.